This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue our adventure in Acts with Saul preaches Jesus, Saul in Jerusalem and the healing of Aeneas, Dorcas restored to life, Cornelius's vision, and finally, Peter's vision. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider.
enlightened us in the true faith.
A reading from Matthew chapter 11. Then he began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. O Lord, have mercy on us. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Continuing the reading, we hear from Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says, I thank you, Father in heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to be by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In the name of Jesus. <clears throat> Shortly after becoming president in 2001, George W. Bush met with Vladimir Putin who at that point had been president of the Russian Federation for only two years and was not all that well known on the world stage. After their meeting, President Bush spoke during a news conference about their encounter, saying, I looked the man in the eye. I found him to be very straightforward and trustworthy. I was able to get a sense of his soul. Well, we know how that turned out, don't we? While the relatively new American president thought he was getting a good read on Putin's soul, 
In truth, all he saw was what the Russian president wanted him to see. What kind of a read do we have on God? There are countless man-made religions that attempt to answer that question, usually crafting a God for themselves who is as lenient as he can possibly be, a God who loves everybody and who will cast no judgment on anyone. A cursory glance at the scriptures, of course, reveals quite a different picture. A God at one moment who reveals himself to be all-powerful, you know, the one who created the heavens and the earth and holds all things in his hands. The next moment, vengeful, as we see God commanding the Israelites to destroy their enemies, or as Jesus speaks in this text of the destruction that will come to Bethsaida and Chorazin. And yet at other times, merciful and gracious, a God so ready and willing to rescue his people time and again. To borrow a line from the old TV game show to tell the truth, will the real God please stand up? In today's reading from Matthew chapter 11, we, we get an answer to that question as Jesus proclaims, all things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Of course, we need to know the context in which Jesus speaks these words. At the beginning of the chapter, it's that very interesting moment when John the, the Baptist disciples come to Jesus and ask that question, are you the one or shall we wait for someone else? You remember Jesus' rather cryptic response, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. In other words, if you see someone else fulfilling these words of the prophets, then by all means follow him. But if you see me doing those things, well then you have your answer. I am the one. But then after speaking those words, Jesus moves on with that amazing condemnation of those who refuse to believe but then the promises that he proclaims to us as he makes plain who he is. All things handed to be by my Father, which is yet another way of saying, and we hear this in the Gospel of John several times, I and the Father are one. If you want to know the true God, Jesus says, well, here's where you look, to me. And it's just at this point that Jesus gives us a very good read into the true nature of God. No one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Those words remind me of a hymn, a familiar one by Martin Luther, Dear Christians, One and All Rejoice. After two stanzas of agonizing confession of sins that Luther provides in that hymn, describing the pangs of hell that he suffers, he then moves on and stands before to perhaps what definitely is the turning point of this hymn and perhaps the most significant part of the hymn, as he abruptly shifts to the plan of salvation that God had made even before the foundations of the world. Listen to that stanza. But God had seen my wretched state before the world's foundation 
and mindful of his mercy great, he planned for my salvation. He turned to me a father's heart. He did not choose the easy part, but gave his dearest treasure. Did you catch that line? He turned to me a father's heart. This is the compassionate heart of the father who welcomed home his prodigal son. Though that younger son had declared his father as good as dead and wasted his inheritance and shameful living, still the father receives his son back and restores him to the place of honor he had before. This is the heart also of Father Abraham as he ascended Mount Moriah with utter despair and agony in his heart, prepared to sacrifice his only son Isaac according to the Lord's command. This is the God who so loved the world that he gave his only son. He turned to me a father's heart. He did not choose the easy part, but gave his dearest treasure. Will the real God please stand up? Well, there he is, revealed in the person of his dear son, his only son. There's another place where you, Luther uses this powerful imagery of Jesus revealing himself to be the true God. It comes in the large catechism at the conclusion to Luther's explanation of the creed where he writes, in all three articles of the creed, God himself has revealed and opened to us the most profound depths of his fatherly heart and his pure, unutterable love. For we could never come to recognize the Father's favor and grace were it not for the Lord Christ who is a mirror of the Father's heart. Apart from him, we see nothing but an angry and terrible judge. But neither could we know anything of Christ had it not been revealed by the Holy Spirit. There you have it, in a nutshell, God's pure, unfathomable love revealed in Christ. So do you want a good read on who the true God is? Then you look to Christ, and there, you get to peer into the very heart of God himself. In Christ, we know that the Father is not an angry and terrible judge, but a God who is merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and mercy. This is the God who invites all to come to him to receive their rest, to know that in him there is a peace that passes all understanding. This is the God who carries your sorrows and eases your burdens. This is the God who lifts from your shoulders the condemnation of the law and sets you free to serve him. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. God, by the working of your Holy Spirit, grant that we may gladly hear your word proclaimed among us and follow its directing. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Almighty God, merciful Father, by your word and sacrament, you have created your church in this world to be a godly communion and a caring family. Grant your blessing to those who dwell in loneliness, that they may find a place of solace and a pleasant fellowship among people faithful to you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by your governance, may be righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Let us bless the Lord. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all.